And he cried with a loud voice, as when a lion roareth. And when he cried, seven thunders uttered their voice. Converting earthly language into thrust. As you kneel before Azawa, legend of Zelda's turned to dust. Podcasting from the future like your time was dead and gone. And we rock the best site like ComicsOnline.com. Hello again and welcome to the Comics Online Podcast, Season 12, Episode 13. I'm your host, Kevin Goswan, and we've got yet another exclusive interview this episode. This time, Crows Kresge interviews another geek pop culture icon. This actor has one of the most impressive IMDb pages in existence. His voice can be heard on anime, from Macross Plus to Spike Spiegel on Cowboy Bebop to The Legend of Korra. And his voice can likewise be recognized in Western animation as Wolverine, various characters on Young Justice, and now as the character who might easily be described as the most villainous villain now airing on The Hub. Hello, this is Steve Bloom, Starstream from Transformers Prime, and you are at comicsonline.com. Don't tell Megatron I'm here. Comics Online is proud to present our exclusive interview with our own Crows Kresge and Steve Bloom. Starscream has had a lot of ups and downs over the series and stuff, but when we last saw Starscream, he recently got a win in terms of, you know, having armor and stuff. How's that going to affect coming into the season ending coming up? If I told you I'd have to kill you, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> I'm not allowed to give away anything. Uh, I think, as as we can all imagine, Starscream has his ups and downs, and I suppose with every up there will be a down, so you can pretty much count on that. Um, that's probably all I can give away. Uh, I, I'm hoping that he stays around for a while, um, and there will be uh, more punishment in his future, I'm sure. Starscream seems like a sucker for punishment, but each time he just keeps getting back up and you know getting right in there. What's it like getting into that kind of mindset? Well, that's kind of the secret for success, anyway. I think uh, you know every every pitfall is really an opportunity to learn something and do something differently the next time around. In his case, unfortunately, it's usually with some nasty agenda. Uh, but that makes the character so interesting for me. I, I love Starscream, and the the more punishment he takes and uh, the more he's willing to go through to uh, achieve his goals just makes him fascinating for me on on several levels, whether he's a bad guy or a good guy. Anybody that's willing to do that for what they believe in, I, I think has some sort of merit for their existence. So, um, you know, they're, they're actually, oddly enough, life lessons to be learned by how persistent he is. <laughs> <laughs> life lessons from the bad guy. That's really interesting. Yeah, well, you know, I try to take what I can. You can't, you know, since I play so many bad guys, I have to find it where I can. So, now, yeah, but he's Starscream is just so, funny and and he's he's just so much fun to play. He's one of the most multi-dimensional characters I've ever been uh, given. Is there any ways that you are like Starscream yourself? Any way you relate to him at all? <laughs> Other than falling down a lot and getting back up, no. I I don't have evil agendas like that. I don't try to get away with stuff like I used to when I was a kid. He he reminds me of how I was in my misspent youth. Um, to some degree, but other than that, and other than the highs and lows and 
the insane cackles that he'll emit once in a while. I don't really have that much in common with him. He's much thinner than I am too. So. <laughs> now, I asked um, uh, uh, Frank Welker this when we were interviewing him, but the relationship between Megatron and Starscream has been one of the most complex relationships in Transformers lore, especially in Transformers yeah. Prime. And it seems that despite everything Starscream has done in Transformers Prime, Megatron still doesn't see him as a true threat like he does with the Autobots. What is up with that whole love-hate relationship those two have going on? I don't know, but I'm very grateful for it. So he sees something in Starscream that seems to make him want him around, uh, and thankfully so, because otherwise I'd be out of a gig. Um, I don't question it. I just uh, try to get away with as much as I possibly can and, and hope that he still loves me, <laughs> kind of like most good parents, I think. I think so. I think so. Now, were you a huge Transformers fan before coming into Transformers Prime? I wouldn't say I was a huge Transformers fan. I was certainly aware of it. Transformers came along. I'm an older guy, and mm -hmm. Transformers kind of came along as I was uh, out of college and starting my life as an adult. So it was certainly there in my peripheral vision. I was, I was uh, eminently aware of it. Kids around me were playing with the toys constantly. I had a few of my own just because I love action figures. And so I've always had a love for Transformers. I just didn't follow it as um, quite as acutely as uh, a lot of our audience does. Now it seems like Transformers Prime is just compared to past Transformers shows. It has such a very you know involving plot line and stuff. Uh, especially as the show goes on, it becomes more and more complex compared to a lot of the stuff you see out there in terms of kids shows. Although it has been better overall. Oh, do you think it? We will see a lot more of these, you know, more in-depth, involved kid shows as you know, time goes on. I would love to see that. I think it it uh, explores a lot of areas that have sort of been avoided in the media, uh, particularly in children's programming. There are some deep issues that are addressed, and and it's addressed where it doesn't speak down to kids. Um, there's some real world issues that are happening in the context of those shows. And um, I just think they're brilliantly executed. They're, they're so well-written and uh, the music drives it beautifully. And the animation is incredibly beautiful to watch. Um, I'm just proud to be part of that. I, I hope that uh, does something to continue the trend of more complex programming like that. I think kids are ready for it. They can handle it. Especially we're seeing, you know, now that anime has become such a mainstream thing, and you originally started as an anime uh, voice actor, Spike on Cowboy Bebop. Yeah. That uh, Do you think we're seeing a lot more anime elements in terms of more serious plots seep in to uh, American shows over time? Well, I think so. I th that's kind of the trend I've been seeing, and I think that's what attracted me to anime in the first place. It's the, the Japanese really – have never been afraid to address deep issues and uh, you know there's stuff that goes on in every family and a lot of that is has been very specifically avoided in American animation until recently and I think that those elements do tend to creep into the Transformers universe and I don't know if that's directly attributable to anime influence but I'm, I'm glad it's there and there are some real life lessons to be learned by exposing kids to that in a thoughtful and and not too violent way. <laughs> now, switching gears for a second, you're also Heat Wave on Rescue Bots. 
that what's yes, I... <laughs> what's it like going from such you know an evil character to something like Heatwave? <laughs> well, I've always said I I love working on children's programming and and especially for the younger kids, and I don't have that opportunity very often. Uh, only because my voice is so deep, I tend to play a lot of bad guys and creatures. So it was kind of a refreshing change for me to jump into that universe and, and to be a part of such a great show that exposes a brand-new generation to Transformers in a real kid-friendly way. Um, it, it's it's really, really fun, and it's a fantastic cast and a great director and fantastic writers as well. So uh, I'm thrilled to be a part of that show. Now, do you see some fans from Prime coming over and watching some Rescue Bots and kind of some integration going back and forth between the two shows? It's funny. When it first came out, a lot of the the diehard Transformers fans were thinking, oh, no, a kitty incarnation of it. And there was there was some grumbling in the community. And yep. little by little, I go to conventions all over the world, and people come up to me, and they feel sometimes like they have to whisper that they are huge fans of uh, Rescue Bots. And I'll say, no, I didn't want to like this, but I love it. And uh, a lot of the the kids that grew up with the the G1 incarnation and are fans of Transformers Prime tend to watch it with their kids, and they they discuss it, they uh, get the toys, and they play act with these characters, and and it really does open up a whole new um, demographic for this. And some of that demographic, whether they're secretive about it or not, it, we crossed over big time. And I'm I'm really grateful for that. I love the show. I'll sit and watch it and laugh at it along with the little kids. It's very well done. Oh, it's great. It's so much fun. And it just goes show like the writing overall and you know, animation shows recently has just skyrocketed. Including, yeah. you know, yeah. in your other show you worked on, Legend of Korra. Yeah, oh man. That that was a beautiful show as well. I'm very, very proud to be a part of that. So you're right, the, the, the writing overall has gotten better for animation. I hope that is a trend that continues. Now, uh, also, uh, apparently you just won an award, I hear. <laughs> yes, sort of an accidental thing. I had no idea that was coming. The uh, most prolific voice actor in video games from Guinness Book of World Records. 261 yeah, credits. Uh, yeah, I think I was awarded 261 uh, separate video game credits. And they said it's somewhere around 300 now, so I, wow. I don't keep track of that, but thank goodness somebody does. Now, with doing all these voices, are you sometimes scared that you're repeating, you know, the same voices? Yeah, that's that's kind of a bugaboo for me. You can't avoid that, unfortunately, and I often I'll go into, especially with video games, I'll go in and they'll ask me to do a character that sounds exactly like something I'd just done before. I'll bring it up to them. I'll ask them if I can change it up, and sometimes they say no. They that's exactly what they want, and I was really most worried that it would kind of take the fans out of the environment and and be distracting to them. But uh, by and large, most fans seem to be able to stay within the integrity of the games or or shows, as it were, um, uh, because we try to keep the the acting on a certain level. So. It hasn't seemed to work against me as much as it used to. I, I For a while, I was labeled as the guy with one voice, even though I had already done thousands. But um, it doesn't seem to be much of a problem anymore. People have accepted that. Now, speaking about video game voices, the new Transformers Prime video game is also coming out. Yes, 
uh, care to talk about that a bit? What was it like going and doing that? <laughs> well, there's not too much that I can say about that other than that it it really felt like we were working on the show. It's it's an extension of the show. It's within the same universe. It's within the same continuity. So for me, it was very much the same uh, aside from the fact that I went in and worked by myself instead of with my castmates, mm-hmm. which made it a little bit less fun because I, I love our cast. We've become a family in there. So I, I love the interplay between all the characters. But growing up working in anime, I'm I'm used to being in the room by myself. So it wasn't too hard to imagine what I needed to do, and I think we pulled it off pretty well. I'm I'm actually looking forward to seeing how the game came out. Uh, I think everyone is really excited for it. And also, you mentioned you guys have such a great cast for Prime and stuff, and you all record together. Care to share any yeah. fun moments you've all guys had while recording together? Funny moments? Funny moments, you know, great moments that you remember at all? Oh yeah, there there's so many, and uh, probably most I'm not allowed to talk about here because uh, it's not for a, a family audience. But uh, some of the more memorable ones recently, um, Peter Cullen is, uh, and and besides being the best Optimus Prime, the only Optimus Prime uh, in many of our eyes, uh, is an incredible actor, an incredible impressionist, very very funny guy. He's like a kid in a booth. And the other day he was doing a broader Crawford uh, impersonation and Frank Welker jumped in. And of course, Frank is a brilliant impressionist and comic as well. And those two went off on a little riff and it was so funny that they actually held off on continuing the record until the guys were finished with their routine. And it was all ad libbed and we were just sitting there laughing and in awe of these two geniuses, legends, just going off on a little impromptu comedy routine. It's, those kinds of moments happen all the time in there. And uh, it's it's incredible to witness. And then, you know, other crazy things are happening. Uh, I have a lot of scenes with Darren Norris, who plays Knockout. Mm-hmm. And we're constantly trying to trip each other up. And uh, I think this might have been last season. Darren, actually, I was in the middle of some uh, very uh, vulnerable scene with Starscream. And Darren had torn a piece of string cheese in two pieces and stuck one up each nostril and was waving it back and forth in front of my face while I was recording. And <laughs> to, to try to maintain any sort of dignity to my performance while that's happening was a real challenge. So uh, that sort of stuff goes on all the time. Kevin Michael Richardson is is constantly cracking all of us up to the point where I, I thought Peter was going to have a heart attack. He was laughing so hard on several occasions. So it's a great group. Everybody brings something to the party and there's always something funny going on in there. And you guys mentioned that you're, you guys feel like a family. Do you guys ever see each other get together, you know, outside of the booth out, you know, just chillax and hang out? Not often enough. We've, we've done that really as a group on one occasion. Uh, Jeffrey Combs does this amazing uh, Edgar Allan Poe one man show and a group of us, went to dinner one night and went to his show and uh, Frank actually came out, which he doesn't do very often. And, and that really says something about, I think how he feels about our group and he treated us all to dinner and we went to the show together and we just laughed the whole night and, and we're very close. Even when we don't get to see each other as often as we'd like, we still maintain contact. We send each other pictures. We're Facebook friends and we tweet to each other and stuff. It's, we really have become a family. Now, do you prefer the whole recording together as a group over the whole, you know, booth experience one at a time? 
I definitely prefer working as a group, especially on a show like this. I don't think it could happen any other way. The alchemy of this cast is uh, is unusual. I think it's just very unusual. We have so many uh, differentiated voices, unique characters, um, and and they require that energy from each other to really pull it off. And there are times when we do have to come in and work uh, solo and we don't have the benefit of hearing the other performances. And it's a little bit more challenging. We can still get the job done, but I think it, it still adds that little extra spark, pardon the term, if uh, <laughs> have the whole team together. It nice. just brings a little more energy into the room. Uh, I would personally agree. It shows in the show and the quality. And finally, um, if you weren't Starscream, which Transformer would you rather be? I can't imagine being anybody else. <laughs> it's it's really one of the roles of a lifetime. I, I just can't imagine being anyone else. I I remember when we were reading for this show, I read for Megatron, I read for Optimus, and I think Bulkhead. And as soon as I heard Peter and Frank and Kevin and, and Jeffrey for Ratchet also, as soon as I heard their incarnations of these voices, I thought, no, I, I can't even come close. They they do it so perfectly and so brilliantly. There's there's nothing more that I could bring to the table on those. So I'm so happy uh, to get to play Starscream, and I hope that continues for a long time. I hope so too, because fans and us at Comics Online have been loving your Starscream. We've been loving the show all together in general, and hopefully, you know, keeps on tr- going on. I hope so. We're all very grateful to be here. Awesome. Thank you for taking time to talk with us. Thank you. My pleasure. Disclaimer. The opinions expressed by the participants in this podcast are their own and probably do not represent those of Comics Online, any other participants, or any employers past, present, or future. If you would have thought otherwise without hearing this disclaimer, maybe you're not ready for this whole internet thing, much less robots in disguise. Or maybe you're instead one of our smart and sexy fans who appreciate foul language, stars scream schemes, fighting sarcasm and everything geek pop culture, even when it's delivered by a robotic voice like mine. If you have comments, questions or suggestions for the Comics Online podcasters, we invite you to post on our Facebook page, tweet us on Twitter, or email us at podcast at comicsonline.com. All original material in this podcast copyright Comics Online. Transforming rollout. Don't tell Megatron I'm here.